Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own. It's episode 62 and we are moving along. And man, the end of the year is coming right up. And in this next section of podcast, we are going to go through a series of podcasts talking about our Oregon Coast trip. Brendan's not here right now with me. No one else is with me right now as I'm just introducing episode 62. And then you're going to hear the voice of Brendan, Kurt Kais, and Drew Armstrong, two listeners that joined us on the trip. They came out there. We also had Kyle Kephart and John Henry Maurice. All of them joined us on the adventure out there in Oregon. Even though we're complete noobs to the area, we had a blast out in crazy cool spots. In episode 62, you're going to hear about our area in the Redwoods, just north in Northern California. California, up into Brookings, into the Samuel H. Boardman area at Secret Beach. And then in episode 63, we talk about Bandon, Hasita Head Lighthouse, our time in Shore Acres. And episode 64 will still be Oregon as we talk about Thor's Well, the Yaquina Head Lighthouse over at Newport, the Cannon Beach area, as well as Cape Kiwanda. We had an amazing time in all those places. And so these podcasts have already been recorded. Myself, Kurt Kais, Drew Armstrong, and Brennan, we all recorded these podcasts last week before Christmas. And now we are going to share all of these in a quick succession of three episodes of podcasts. Tons and tons of information about ocean photography, wave photography, coastline photography, and having a blast out there in Oregon with these guys. And without further ado, here it is. Starting the trip off, we've got Drew here and Kirk. So Kirk Kais, Drew Armstrong, they're joining us right here, and we're talking about our stories of our Oregon trip 2017. Unfortunately, we don't have John with us tonight, but we're going to have him on the podcast later. I'll call him up and get him in and hear his stories of his sections when he was out there with us. But oh, we yeah, start, yeah, definitely. This trip went so many different places. We're starting off in the Redwoods of California, Northern California, on the border of uh, Oregon and California. Then we go up to Brookings, where we took off into Samuel H. Boardman, go up to Bandon, Shore Acres, Aceta Head. We went to Cape Kiwanda, Newport. We went to Thor's Well. And the last place I'm always forgetting is Cannon Beach. And so we have oh, yeah. all these different that. places. And we're going to talk about these places with Drew and Kirk and re- just go through what went well, what didn't go well, things that we loved, and interesting stories from each location. So let's start it off with the Redwoods. So, Drew, you had the idea of going out to the Redwoods, and I wasn't even thinking we could include this in. What drew you to go? I mean, obviously, what we, we already knew what drew everyone to want to go there. But what were you thinking about it? Um. I hadn't been there before, and for me, I had seen pictures. And after going, I—I I mean, that's one of the places I most want to go back. I want to go back <laughs> yeah, when the absolutely when the, uh, flowers are out in the spring mm-hmm. underneath oh, yeah. those things. Mm-hmm. But it was—it was beautiful. My understanding is that there are even some, uh, you know, areas, parks. Um, so to speak, that are even uh, bigger trees and and more beautiful than this. But this was, I mean, this was an amazing experience for me. I loved 
getting up in the morning and going and, you know, the light filtering down through those things were, was amazing. I, I wish we'd got a little bit more mist coming through yeah. the trees. Yeah. Um, but you know, we got some of that. I got some of that. I went out by the river a little bit and I got some, you know, of the valley, um, where the, the, uh, you, you know, there were some of the, the coastal clouds that were hung up on the trees. Oh, and that was down when you were by the river more. Yeah. I went down, down by the river for a little bit and then, yeah, but he took off and we didn't know where he was for half an hour. We didn't know if he broke his leg or we had no <laughs> idea where he went. Just completely disappeared on us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that happens sometimes, but the, and, and then it, it was nice because while we're here in Utah, We'd lost all our leaves already. Oh here. yeah, oh yeah, big time. Fall yeah, was, was over. Yeah, yeah, it was done. But but down there, um, some of those shots that we got with the little maple trees down mm-hmm. underneath these towering redwoods up above. So you you get some of these shots with yellow leaves as you're looking up with a, a background of these just huge trees. It was it was awesome beautiful and this area it is called the jedediah something state park jedediah smith yeah jedediah smith Smith state park and kirk you've been out there before yeah my wife and i had been about uh 20 years ago i think oh maybe 25 years ago and uh, we went we went in may and we just missed all the uh, rhododendrons blooming like drew was talking about Mm. but uh yeah all the it's may is a great time to go um, like all the ferns are fresh and green and, you know, new looking and, uh, it's, it's a, a cool place. I mean, there's few places where there's trees that large. It, mm-hmm. I have never been to this kind of forest before. Even lately, I haven't been to a forest that's this green other than North Carolina, but this was right. just the ferns and all those crazy vegetation that was shoulder high I mean, on me, of course, maybe on your guys a little <laughs> bit less. But I mean, everything I walked around felt like I was in the Jurassic Park movie. It did just felt like I yeah, or I felt like there was an Ewok gonna pop around almost every corner. You know, <laughs> that was, also was, was on my mind. Absolutely, uh-huh. Star yeah. Wars. We watched uh, st- my daughter and I watched uh, what was it, Empire Strikes Back last night. And as uh-huh. I'm watching the the you know the little what are the speeder speeders, race, speeders, yeah. I'm going, oh my gosh, that looks like Jedediah Smith State Park right there. <laughs> I know, that's awesome. awesome. It's such an amazing spot. It was an interesting place to go and try and get a composition because we had gigantic trees that didn't have branches out for hundreds of feet, and they yeah. go way up high. So if you're trying to capture the canopy, you're looking straight up. If you try and capture anything else, you're just seeing trunks everywhere yeah. you go. So with the challenges of photography, let's start with Kirk on this one. What were one of some of the things that went really well for you with your photography? And give us some perspective on what you were shooting with. If you went wide angle, telephoto, what did you play around with that morning? Well, I was shooting with my Sony A6300, so a crop sensor camera. And mostly I had a uh, Rokinon uh, 16 and I think a 12 millimeter Rokinon. And, uh, so I was, I was looking for like the, uh, you know, paths wandering between, uh, sets of trees or, uh, like Drew said, that maple was, uh, really nice with the, uh, leaves turning yellow with all the, uh, the redwoods behind it. Uh-huh. And then we also had that, uh, the sun popping through the, uh, canopy just as we were oh, all yeah. ready to go. Yeah. We all decided, Hey, we got to keep moving. It's, uh, getting late <laughs> and. Then the sun pops out and everyone like grabs their cameras and starts uh, <laughs> shooting more uh, 
more shots. We got time. We got time. Honestly, that (laughs) was probably the toughest thing for me on the trip is that we're trying to get to certain specific locations that we have listeners showing up potentially. But we also had these moments where, okay, there's no arguing this. We got to get our cameras out yet again. Now, cameras out, we're all walking with our tripods on our shoulders and holding our cameras out. But even that's like, okay, let me unscrew my tripod again and go full legs and get set up. But there's that moment. (laughs) Kirk brought it up. Let's talk about it. We had the sun coming through the trees. It already had risen for a few hours now. And so it was high enough to come through at that angle where we could see these these light sun rays you know the sun rays going through there what was it was a friggin' amazing i okay i'll start with me real quick on that shot i was looking down a trunk and we had this vegetation that was growing like four-leaf clovers it was like prehistoric versions of four-leaf clovers they were very large petaled little green leaves growing off of this trunk it looked like spring growth but it was late late you know Mm -hmm. fall Mm -hmm. and yet it's right there at eye level so i tried to focus on that and focus stack a shot going down the tree trunk it was just about perfect and i could see the light rays sun rays going through the tree trunks in the distance and i think the only weak part of my image was something on the bottom right there just wasn't anything there except for a repetitive green vegetation going everywhere Mm. how'd your shot turn out brendan um well this is the shot that i lost Oh, remember I lost my memory card. How did oh, it turn out? Beach? So is this the way it's, it's going to awesome. go for the whole? So first I'm remembering. <laughs> I'm remembering. I'm remembering everything, and then feeling like, oh yeah, those are my card that I don't have. Are you going to so, be able to handle? Should we have you step out for the first half of this so I don't recording? Tr- so I don't cry <laughs> for every for the next five areas we went to. Yeah, seriously. <clears throat> well, I remember that um, thinking that it's amazing to see the growth that was on the trees that were like. Um, mossy lichen type growth and then other plants had actually started growing out of that yeah and so you had like these trees supporting life on the extension of the trees it was just nuts um i really liked the way that uh, i saw the back of kirk's camera when he was taking that shot of the path and i hope he works on that one soon so he can post it because that was really cool to see the path go through the trees and i was kind of digging that but that yellow um tree was awesome and what was great about the sun coming out coming back to that particular part was that's when I really noticed for the first time that the dew was falling really tiny, tiny dew drops Mm. falling from the leaves and coming down like little like fairy dust coming down every couple of seconds. And it just had this atmosphere of just like mystical area. It was just crazy. Awesome. Just nuts. (laughs) That is sweet. Uh, Drew has his images open. He's looking at that moment. Let's use that moment to hear Drew's shot over here because he has a shot similar to mine with those leaves on the tree. Mm, And then we'll go back to Kirk and hear about his photography of that sun ray. And then let's go to another couple sections because there's probably three areas in the Redwoods that went really well for photography. Mm -hmm. So let's cover each one. So let's still stay with the fallen tree and and the tree and the sun going through there and having the sun rays. Your image right here we're looking at, Drew, it's fantastic. Um, you guys can see this in the show notes. Remember to remember to give this hook, hook me up with yeah, this no shot. Problem. Because on here, you can see the tree totally going forward, fern on the right, and he's got a vertical shot of the tree. So you can see the tree canopy as well with the starburst. That, that starburst looks awesome. What is the lens? That's uh, 16 to 35. Uh, not the latest and greatest version that came Ooh. out, but the Canon. Mark II. The Mark II okay. and uh, still a cool sold one. that one, and mm-hmm. it, it, it's a great one for s- sunbursts. It does a really good job with those. 
And um, I, I, I love that. I love the dappled light coming through the, through the, the canopy of the trees. And it, it's one of those situations where you shoot directly into the sunlight. Yeah, yeah. It, with some of this, to, to some of it, you, there's this other one where you get over to the side and you, and you could actually, there was a little bit of, and I, th- I think it was a little bit of uh, mist that was coming off of, uh, you know, because this forest, this is a, a tropical, uh, um, you, you know, what, what is it called? It's, it's like not a tropical. It's, it's a rainforest. Right, rainforest. right. More uh, or less, yeah. And, and so, so it's a, you know, it, like what the whole coast all the way up to Alaska is forest like this. Um, but but uh, I, I think as as the morning was getting a little later, there was a little mist that was forming. And so you could see the actual shafts of light coming down between the trees. And that was fun to shoot as well. But but I love how the you know, how the light underlights some of the, the leaves and you can see places where there's there's a lot of dark and a lot of light contrast at the same mm-hmm. time and and for for me i you know i really like that uh where, where you've got these dark areas of the picture and then you've got like green really bright green backlit stuff too and, and it was it was beautiful it's hard to leave yeah hey kirk what went really well for you in that shot specifically or do you have another area when you're out there at the redwood that was your favorite shot of the day or your favorite place to shoot for the morning uh well I think maybe the uh, the path going through the trees, I think, was uh, maybe my favorite. Because I was looking at Drew's camera after we shot the uh, sunburst, and his his framing looked way better than mine did. So <laughs> I'll, I'll give him that shot as being the king of the hill. <laughs> <laughs> you like that composition so much that you pretty much gave up on your own shot. But this one with the pathway, where were you? What part of the path were you talking about? Uh, it was just after we walked into the park and we just went all the way down to the end of the trail. Uh, I think you and Drew, well, Drew took off. Uh, I think you were over I down past the maple. Bit. Yeah. Yeah, you went over past the maple. I just and me had and Brendan to pee, just, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and Brendan and I just uh, kept going down the path uh, down alongside the river, but, you know, up in the trees. And uh, so right Brendan walked out. Yeah, pretty much just at the first few shots of the day. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. haven't really gone over this specifically, so let me inter- interject here for a minute. We drive all the way from our place in Crescent City. Is that where it was? Yeah, right? Crescent yeah. City. We drove in right. probably about 40 minutes, and then we get to a part to park that has about six places to park. It's not a really huge small, parking yeah, lot. Yeah, small parking lot. And then yeah. it was less than a mile hike down, which is a full loop, I think, is a mile and a half or something. I'm not sure exactly, but it's a very short hike. We get all the way down to the end of the loop before it starts heading back in towards the parking lot Mm -hmm. and that's the spot we stopped and then just kind of spread out across the forest uh the forest floor there and that's when drew and i went up and i guess brendan and kirk hung out around the path you guys shot right down the path that we were walking in just a second ago or the path that continued the loop uh just straight down the path right from the parking lot okay so what was it about the path shot that you love so much just having that leading line yeah just you know the the path leads your eye through the uh, photo and the you know there uh, you know I think I was setting up for like an odd number of trees you know I took a uh, commercial photography class and the guy suggested you know trying to keep odd numbers of things in the frame instead of even numbers so mm. that you uh, get a better balance in the picture 
And uh, how did you make sure you counted enough trees that it was an odd number? Well, you just look at the trees <laughs> in front of you. So you only focused on the foreground elements and how many were there. If it was an odd number, that's a stronger image. Right. Hmm. Okay, cool. So with this path shot, what was the full composition? Uh, just the path and, uh, you know, five trees, uh, you know, receding off into the distance along the side of the path. Okay. I mean, without being able to see the image right now, it's hard for me to describe it. Yeah. But just in short, did you have any sunlight coming through at that point? Or was it just no. a cool, shadowy atmosphere? That, that was that was all in the shade before the sun had really gotten up high. Yeah, yeah. Drew was probably the only one that saw any sunlight at that point because he was out in the open on the uh, the river with the rocks down there. Mm, gotcha. Cool. Well, then, Brendan, is there an area that you remember that you really loved? And then let's go back to some of the things that Drew has. I mean, Drew has his images open right here, and mm -hmm. there's some really great ones that remind us of these sections. So we can guide ourselves through this story with Drew's images if you guys wanted to, unless, Brendan, you have a, a spot separate of what he's showing that you want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, what he's showing is kind of like the maple area, and that's where we – and that's where – Kurt and I met up with you next mm -hmm. and then you guys were like, Hey, check out this maple tree. It still has yellow leaves. We're like, Hey, cool. And so we stopped, started taking pictures and I started taking pictures from that big, huge, like big the A frame tree. tree had knocked over a oh, couple yeah. of tree trunks and formed like this little, almost like a makeshift hut area where you could just throw a tarp over and have like an <laughs> instant tent. And uh, I went up on there and got some shots from that angle and tried to mess around with some of that as a cool, interesting foreground. And I really like shooting within that little crevice, you know. I thought that was kind of cool. That was fun. When you were up there, you were at a higher angle than where I set my composition. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that tree for a second. As we're going through the pathway, I can see that there's this one really full of character tree, tons of branches going out, and it looks like a giant bonsai where off – Here's the trunk off to the right, and it leans all the way over the trail to the left. And so you get this really hanging over the trail mm -hmm, tree mm -hmm. and really strong branches going all sorts of directions, and it's holding all of its leaves. And they're just about going away from being yellow with some brown f speckling through them, but not much. And they're mostly, with the sunlight hitting them, are just glowing yellow. Yeah. Even I'm looking at Drew's, actually. Some of them are even still a little green in the image. And it's just it completely contrasts with the browns of the tree trunks around it, the shadowy green, evergreen branches and ferns that we're seeing. It's just everything is a darker color. And then this is this one bright spot yeah. on this really rocking tree. And that's a maple too, right? Yeah. That right there. I mean, yeah. it is just beautiful and makes sense that I say it's like a bonsai because a maple is one of the most famous bonsai trees that you can get out there. Mm. I mean, that's fantastic. And it went over the trail. Now, in the video, you guys will hear me say this, but I started having this on-site composition paralysis where I'm thinking, oh my gosh, everything, <laughs> everything is good. But how do I really take advantage of it? I tried mm -hmm. the tree trunk that's fallen on the left that was a big old wall for the pathway, and that ended up pointing sort of away from the tree, and it, it made more of a single wall framing the image versus leading your eye anywhere. So then I tried a tree trunk on the right, but its line was kind of pointing off of the tree trunk of the cool tree, so it wasn't pointing towards the heart of the tree. It was kind of pointing towards the pathway more than anything. Mm -hmm. And so then that wasn't a leading line 
sign that was truly guiding you to the best, brightest part of the yellow leaves. So then I was like, okay, I, I, I don't really want to use that. And I was taking a shot right in the middle of the path, up on the tree on the far left, because it's this giant redwood tree that had tipped over. And then over on the right, where it had part of a big tree that was over there, where Brendan was standing on top of later. And I was trying all sorts of different composition angles. And I just, I, I didn't have one that I knew I was in love with. And I just felt this paralysis that this is an amazing looking tree. It contrasts in color with the entire surroundings. How do I not waste this moment? And I'm I, I'm okay with my shot that I have. I'll show you guys. Um, it shows Drew, or sorry, this is Drew. It shows Kirk in this image right here, but I'm pretty Uh-oh. sure. <laughs> Uh-oh, it ruins the shot. Um, this is not from my position, but it's almost from my position. I think this is almost, it, exactly like my composition without Drew or uh, without Kirk in it. And so you can see how it's just sort of a compromise between them. I like it. Mm-hmm. You like it okay? Because yeah. you end up seeing the pathway going ahead of you and off in the third on the left. And, you know, I get that wall of tree to become more of a diagonal line. Mm-hmm. And I have my diagonal line pointing towards the path. And that really cool tree, I forgot to say, it has these draping mosses and epiphytes growing on it too. You know, I mean, it's too bad that there wasn't room to back up a little bit more or or even get a little bit wider to where you without can getting a bit. this tree on the left. It has the giant trunk and was underneath ground. So all that root ball and root leftovers were, were really spiky shapes in the beginning of the image. I'll pull that image up so I can show oh, it's on my phone up there. It might be in here, but I, you end up getting too much of that base of the tree, and that was distracting. That was my biggest fear is that was distracting. You know, I mm. when I went down by the river, I, I, I got some things, and then I wasn't as happy with um, what I was getting, um, mm. and, and I kind of was going, ah, oh, geez, what, what, do I, what do I want? And, and you know what I did is I switched lenses right there for a little bit. Mm, would you I switch from and to? I switched from the wide angle from the 16 to 35 to the 70 to 200. Ah. And that's what I got this with. See, this this one where where all I'm doing is I'm focusing on on the moss-covered branches with with some maple leaves coming coming through them and and that it does look really cool. The texture of the moss and the branches oh, yeah, looks is I feel like I have to be there to touch that. Yeah, it's so detailed. Want to pet it. It's like furry. <laughs> but but it, you know, I mean that that is if we zoom back, that's like a close up with the 70 to 200 of mm. this tree. Oh. And so I I was like, "Geez, I'm just not feeling it." And so I swat, swapped lenses and started looking for different compositions and I, I think, you know, it's kind of the same thing that I do sometimes when you're in a position um, doing landscape where you're getting some hills and and things like that, and I can't I can't feel what I what I you know it just doesn't feel quite right. Yeah. A lot of times I'll switch over to that seventy to two hundred instead, and then focus on a, a, a little smaller piece of the scene mm-hmm. for a little bit, and then we go back to it. You know. And so you had this intimate landscape that you built the composition around, and you have a lot more control over what you're framing and what you're not framing, and I think you're right. I feel like that is a, probably an easier portfolio inclusion than mine. If you're happy with your shot, you might include that as a portfolio piece more than mine, which is just sort of a moment. I, I mean, you, you go through your images and your best portfolio image is back there where you have those yellow leaves inside that uh, gauntlet yeah. of trees. I, I like that one too, that one. 
Oh, that one's awesome. Go back to the one where you have that small little bit of yellow leaves right in the middle. It's at the base of the floor. You did a little bit of uh, that one. You like that, that one? one? Yeah, I like that one a lot as a composition. That's a lot of texture there. There was a the the give us a holy like here's the situation here's where you are everything looks like the, and the how picture you built the here was was there was a, a a a trunk of one of these redwoods and you know I mean redwoods do not rot very fast and so it's hmm. kind of massive neat where where you have these these uh, super old trees that are downed and uh, I mean they you know redwood doesn't. Yeah, I mean, we build decks out of it, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, the bugs don't eat it. And even in this super wet area, it lasts a long time. I don't know how old this trunk was, but there were lichens on the inside. So the trunk had split right in half. And, and you know, it. I got down in the bottom of that thing and set up with my tripod really low um, so that it's almost like you're shooting out of a canyon wall. And I, I don't know if right. you remember this. I do remember I was going and looking for my, I was cheating there and I went and found a a, a little piece of uh, some, you know, little yellow uh, focal point that was, that was uh, probably nine leaves on a little piece of a branch that was yellow that I could put down in the bottom of that, that look kind of looks like it had fallen. This there's, there's some moss on a, on a higher branch and that has fallen at as a dead, a, a small dead branch has fallen off one of the trees way up above and that's down in there and it provides a little contrast as well. But it, it, it's cool because that shot, yeah, I mean, you feel down like you're in the bottom of a Canyon. Yeah. And it's got the great compositional element of having a strong, obvious foreground subject that everything's mm-hmm. built around and framed around. Whereas you look at mine and it doesn't have that one strong foreground element. I, I mean, like that one. the one I with, really with Kirk in it is actually better because you have a foreground subject and it's a photographer trying to get his shot on his knees, his bag next to him with his Indiana Jones hat on and his tripods on a very, very low setting so he's crouched down next to it and trying to get the shot and so this is a memory for me that i love but it's not exactly a portfolio piece because my subject isn't set in a nice compositional balance like you have in your image there it's it's too bad that you don't have a couple walking away from you and taking a picture oh. in the back holding hands or something right there. That would, right, be, brilliant. Right. That would be awesome. You guys have to check the show notes for this episode. Just use the episode number for forward slash episode, and then use the number of this episode. I don't know exactly which one it'll be right now, so I can't say, but just use that number and find the show notes and look at Drew's image compared to mine of Kirk. And you can see what I'm talking about. So we let's go into what went well and what didn't go well overall. And if you guys want to bring up any specific section of the Redwoods that tells that story that we can talk about still, go for it. But Kirk, we'll come to you next. But let's go to Brendan and then go to Kirk. Yeah, I'll just start off by saying that overall, the whole experience overall was amazing. I mean, if you have a chance, listeners, to go out there to any part of the Redwood Forest um, and experience it, it's so worth it. Just to be there amongst the amongst those giant trees. I mean, I've got a video on my phone. I was just showing my exchange student where you, all you see is the trunk of the tree, and then she's looking at it, and I'm and I'm and I'm scrolling all the way up and seeing the top of the tree, scrolling all the way down. For all she knew, I was like right up against this tree, like five feet away, right? And then Aaron, I said, "Aaron, walk to the tree," and, then <laughs> and she sees his little body walking towards this massive trunk. She's like, "Oh, like what? Like no?" Then all of a sudden, the scale hit scale. her, and she's yeah. like, "Oh." 
My gosh, oh, that a big is tree. huge. And he kept walking closer and closer and closer, and he got smaller and smaller. And this trunk just was just yeah. full screen against the width, from width <laughs> to width. I mean, it's just, it's an awesome clip. We're going to put that in the video, and it's going to be so fun to show you guys uh, just how massive, amazing these trees are. It's just It was just so incredible being there. So photographically, what went well and what didn't go real, real quick, Brandon, then we'll go to Kirk. Um, like I said, my images aren't with me. So from that part of the trip, well, from your experience so, of actually trying to capture the images, do you have any memory of what went well and what didn't go well? I mean, I'm not meaning it was the very beginning the of the trip. And out. so I have a hard time without seeing them. I mean, I, I got a lot of the same shots, I think, and tried similar things that you guys, what you guys did. So I think, um, probably mostly was the, um, the sun rays trying to capture that went well, I think, but any challenges you remember that you wish you could have done differently or yeah, this I mean, was challenging? Yeah, the challenge was these huge trunks were laying on the ground and it was hard to compose around them. That was definitely a challenge. So we either had to get on top of them or fi- find out a good angle next to them. That was the biggest challenge, I think, was working with the giant trunks, whether they were up or down. Mm-hmm. It was hard working with a massive scale on yeah. those. So finding macro macro landscapes is probably a little bit easier, I think. Right on. Those little intimate things. Yeah. So, Kirk, what's your what went well and what didn't go well about shooting in the redwoods? Well, Brendan kind of stole my thought there, and it's ah. it's it's the redwoods. You you can't uh, you really can't compare the redwoods to anywhere else on mm. Earth. Maybe Kings Canyon, Sequoia National Park. They've got the giant sequoias there. There's Redwood National Park. I mean, it's I think there's maybe more and bigger trees there than Jedediah Smith uh, State Park has, but it's there's you think you're going out to take pictures of trees and everybody's got trees unless you live in the desert or the Arctic or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, these aren't your regular trees. They're just so unique. I mean, the, you could spend hours shooting pictures of just the bark with the moss and the texture of the bark. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a different kind of scale and a different kind of tree and it's, they're amazing. And anything that you felt like went actually really well and you loved what you did photographically, you thought, okay, yeah, I tackled that well. This went well. Um, let's see. Well, I guess uh, that little maple tree that we found was uh, really nice. And uh, and I kind of thought the background was a little busy on the tree after taking a couple of shots of it from the side. And so I tried getting down yeah. underneath. And those maples have this really kind of uh, a curly uh, pattern to the uh, to the branches on it. And so I was trying to get kind of a backlit um, picture of the branches with the yellow leaves and the darker trees, the the redwoods up above in the canopy behind it, and uh, trying to get some some contrasting uh, colors going with that. And that's a perfect segue into my challenge as well, because you mentioned how getting it against a background that wasn't too busy was a challenge. And so let's segue into mine there, and we'll go into Drew's, that I had the challenge of getting that cleaner, really focused foreground because my background was just uh, just littered with vertical lines and fern colors, and everything was just all... Everything was everywhere. Everything was the same everywhere, a lot of sameness. And so when I look at something like Drew's image where he had those two tree trunks make it like a canyon and he had the brown, you know, debris field of, of rotting branches, leaves, trees, years of just 
growth that's brown there versus the yellow leaves and going up into the distance that has a more controlled environment and a really obvious foreground and it didn't have such a busy background so when I look at my picture that has Kirk in it I mean without some nice bokeh behind him it became just a very distracting element of all these detailed lines behind my cool tree branches and I see some of yours I think I saw some of yours Kirk at on your camera and I see Drew's here and they're kind of similar where you're looking up close on those tree branches and then you brought in the background in a bokeh as a color instead of as a big detailed surface and it was better it was stronger seeing that tree that way and so I definitely felt like that was a challenge that I didn't come home with an image that I think sold it but I did have a great experience and what went well was just I went out there with one lens I had my 15 to 30 Tamron I wasn't playing around with anything else and I was just seeing how a land landscape works in a giant not an intimate landscape but it really was is the few trees you're trying to feature that are gigantic and a wide 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 angle lens I thought would help but that just so it's just so mystifying to see it bending and curving all the way up to the canopy and so what went really well was that I had a chance to play around with that and and get close and try some things and learn a little bit about sometimes even though you know elements of composition you can have a situation where they just aren't working for you no matter where you move your tripod but because I kept moving kept trying new things and I didn't give up too fast I am really proud of the fact that I was able to try multiple options and show you guys in the video how I got multiple options and one that I think is my favorite and it turned out okay and I wish it could come out even stronger there were a couple moments where I felt like I had something great and then I look at the image like the tree trunk falling down and the light rays in the background I just needed a little bit stronger element in the bottom right and if I had gone vertical instead of wide I might have been able to do that and I also I also felt like if I had just been a little higher and was looking down on a few of those clover shapes, those little leaf shapes, and I was having them as like a big, almost one-fifth of my screen, and then going out down the tree trunk and having those light rays, it would have been a stronger composition versus how much space, how much real estate I allowed the ferns to take over. They just ended up taking up way too much space. I should have featured those cool plants on the bark more so than I did in my composition. So Drew, what went well, what didn't go well for you in the Redwoods? You know, for me, one of the things that was kind of frustrating about this whole trip and realistically for me, it was for the whole fall is I, I have, um, and actually at this point I completely transferred over to the Sony system and I just decided I was going to fully commit to it. Mm, And I was the very first guy to get the a7R3 out of our uh, out of picture lineup in Salt Lake. I ordered it the morning that it was uh, had had been announced the night before, and and I was desperate to get that thing because I, <laughs> I, I I I the other camera that I had was my crop sensor Canon 7D Mark II, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. for me the the two things that were really frustrating this past fall. Uh, we did a trip up to Yellowstone. I got some great pictures actually up to Yellowstone and Jackson and, and you can get some fantastic pictures. I did. I got some fantastic pictures um, on both of these trips, but the whole time I was, I was struggling with when I got back, I I'm used to with the Sony having more dynamic range and, Mm, and I, I, because I'm used to it, maybe I've gotten a little lazy with 
with how I have, how much attention that I've paid to um, whether or not I have my settings exactly right. And I can have some pictures that are a little too dark or a little, it doesn't matter. I can recover them no matter what mm, with the Sony. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes I'm left with not enough information when I go back to the Canon and I realize how significantly different the capability as far as that dynamic range goes between those two systems. I mean, you can get great pictures out of anything, but, but I, once you've had this, it's really hard to go back to that. Yeah. Yeah. That was one thing. And the other thing that was tough is it, you, you know what the math does to the numbers for the lenses, as far as what a crop sensor does to, to a lens as far yeah. as making it. So it's, zoomed it's in, right? zoomed in yeah. more, but it honestly is a little hard for me to think in, in terms of, okay, my, my 16 to 35 is really more like a, a 24 to 50. Right. And, right. and, and it was, I, I don't know. I just felt a little discombobulated sometimes with, <laughs> with lens choices and, and, and things because I, that's not something that I had been, I hadn't been thinking that way. And, and I'm, I'm glad to be back at this point. <laughs> put it that way. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and take our break right now and we'll come back and talk about the next day when we took off for sunset up at Samuel H. Boardman's and we went to Secret Beach. And if you guys listen to the Nick Page Landscape Photography Podcast, you know the cover art mm, right there yeah. with those trees growing off the sea stack. That is the area we're talking Beautiful about, area. Secret Beach. Yeah. It's so awesome. Welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast. We're talking about our trip to Oregon when we went out there in November, and we had listeners with us, Drew and Kirk. These guys were awesome to hang out with and split the cost of the rental. Thanks, guys. Thanks again for that part. And so this is actually the same day. I referred to it as being the next day, but it was just that same night. We left from Crescent City, drove up to Brookings, and then continued on to Samuel H. Boardman, and we were getting ready in the afternoon to scout out Secret Beach. And Right, right. Here's the thing that bugged me, Brendan, that I wasn't sh- I just as a complete noob to the area. I looked at Google Earth. I checked out these spots. I looked at what was here and said, okay, cool. There's not much hiking in this. We're just going to pull right up. It's on Google Earth. You can see we're, we're right up here. There's a parking spot. It's on the coast. Yeah, yeah. It ends up looking like you walk like for five, ten minutes straight out onto the coastline and you can take a picture. But little did I know, uh, we couldn't just go scout it out. It was down a bunch of, you know, S. I always forget the term for that. Switchbacks. Switchbacks. We had to go down a bunch of them. It was a long hike. Not very far, but it was just a long amount of time. And you weren't going to come all the way back up. And since Mm -hmm. it was such an amount of drop-off, everything was high, high, high. And the beach was way, way low. It was sheer cliff drop-off in some areas, too. Yeah. Yeah, we couldn't just drive up to them and then just wander 10 feet. So me, I'm walking around with, you know, just sandals and enjoying my life, thinking that I can do little hiking at all but I'm having to do a ton of hiking and it's steep and so we thought we'd scout it no we can't scout so bring everything with you now everything with you now we're going down there and so we head into secret beach and Brendan give us your first impressions of seeing the area oh man um 
I mean, there's just when we first got there, we could hear the ocean, but you couldn't really see it because the trees are so thick. Yeah. So, so we had to thick. hike. So off to the right hand side of the parking lot where there's a trail started and we started going through the trail and then we could see like breaks in between the trees where you could see the ocean and see the rocks. And then um, already at this point, too, we're feeling like we just didn't do enough research. It says yeah. right away, here's a fork and you can go in the loop this way. Go left. Oh, yeah. So it's like which direction we go. So we, we chose the left first, right? We on the left-hand side you, first. Well, Drew was standing out there already, and I think we decided to go right based on the fact that it said beach on the right Oh, direction. yeah, that's true. And you wouldn't think yeah, – for some reason, you would think, like, why would I go this way to go to the beach? It's the opposite direction. The beach is down this way, you know? Uh-huh. And so the trail was super confusing at that point. And so we think we were thinking, oh, crap. I mean, we thought we were prepared to go here, and right away, <laughs> we didn't double-check hiking trails and whether it needed to turn right or left or what. And so now we're guiding ourselves with Kirk and Drew thinking, well, we're guessing at this point. Drew, uh, Kirk, you had not been specifically to that secret beach area, right? Correct. Okay, so mm-hmm. he had he had nothing to go on either, and so we're all just kind of going, well, let's go. I mean, it yeah, says total beach noobs. and waterfall or something. It yeah, said something or about was, a falls, um, or and so we went right. Yeah, but then coming out of there, that feeling of elation when you looked out over the ocean and you saw the sea stacks. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the feeling? Yeah, that was um, that was pretty awesome, <laughs> and to know that the clouds in the sky. Or like mm-hmm. the perfect kind of clouds you want because yes. we're hoping to get some good drama, yeah. dramatic sunsets. And man, those clouds are setting things up. We're just like, oh man, this could be so it's good. Beautiful. Not this blocking awesome. the horizon. They're actually there. And so they're going to get painted. It was very exciting. And then yeah. I, I was amazed at how big everything was. The drop off from that point even to the beach was a big drop off. <laughs> yeah. They had really heavy rocks and big rock faces right here that were getting crashed on by the waves that seemed, okay, way too dangerous to go over there. If I shot from this rock perch, it was kind of high. I didn't know if I liked it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go down on the beach. And I went down on the beach while these guys were setting up top. So I'll talk about my beach perspective, and then you guys talk about being up top because I saw you guys take some pictures from up there. Going down onto the beach surface, Brendan and I do a quick video out there on the rocks, and a guy's coming back up. We can mm-hmm. see that he was laying out there, hanging out, and then he's on his way out. And then he does a little photo bomb behind us as we're doing our opening intro. Hey, guys, we're out here at Secret Beach, blah, 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 in Oregon. And I go down, and it's a feeling of committing to that because as I'm walking along – where the waterfalls are up a little bit that are going into the ocean, they have really heavy sand, and all of it was about two feet, three feet tall, and you can see where the water is wicking away more and more sand and becoming you know, the sheer little two-foot cliffs of sand where you walk on them and they're falling out from underneath you. Mm-hmm. So you're picking it's and choosing away your right foot. There, yeah. oh, should I step here? Should I step there? I'm trying not to get soaked in the beginning of the trip. You know, I'm mm-hmm. trying to like, oh, okay, go as long as you can before you're soaked and drenched. And so I had to just commit and I'm going across wet rocks, trying not to die and jump and land and, and hit the landing and not slip immediately on the rocks. And then I had one more stretch. My little teeny legs had to reach out over and got on the other side of that. And now I'm on the beach and I'm looking around and I'm realizing, ah, man, all of this is wet. And I knew we were at a point where the tide was coming in. I couldn't remember that we were actually barely into the part where the tide's coming in. It was like 30 minutes after low tide. So it was becoming high tide. 
technically, but it wasn't an hour or two away from happening. It was something more like three or four or five hours away. Mm. And so I'm seeing wet sand thinking, oh, crap, if I come down here, wait for the whole sunset, am I going to have nothing left? Am I going to have nothing left to travel on? Am I walking through waves Mm. just to get back out of here? Am I setting myself up for a big disaster because I'm a noob to this area and a noob to the tides of this area thinking I can come down here and yet anyone who knows the area would say that's a stupid move so when I'm looking around I see these guys (laughs) taking pictures I see a couple other people we hadn't seen before who had shown up and I'm thinking okay I'm gonna have to talk to them and see if they know this spot and they can tell me is this a bad decision to take a shot from down here? Mm, so yeah. with your guys' shots up there, Kirk, you started shooting right away. Let's start with you and then go to Drew. What was your angle? Did you like the composition that you had up there more so than what we ended up with for the actual minute of sunset? Um, I think I kind of liked uh, later on better than uh, what I got up at the top. I mean, okay. the sun was still up high, and uh, the it wasn't all that dramatic looking. I shot a little video of you guys recording your uh, oh yeah your intro from up there. Nice. And then I that B-roll. then I walked up to the uh, top of the ridge that's right there where you come down to the beach, and found where Nick Page had the uh, shot of the uh, moon with a mm. sunrise shot that he had oh. in his uh, video that came out like the very next day after we were there. Oh, and, I gotcha. Uh, so as I was coming down that hillside, it's it's pretty steep, and there's lots of uh, roots to trip on, and making sure that I don't you know break mm-hmm. a leg or anything. Right. And I get down there, and I see a guy and a you know woman uh, sitting there on the uh, the grass, and they're just kind of hanging out for a few minutes. And I see they have camera backpacks, and so I thought, well, I'll, I'll go say hi to him. So I walk over and Good go man. hi, he, you know I'm Kirk, and you know and the guy replies back. Hi, I'm Michael, and I'm thinking <laughs> well, he looks he looks kind of familiar, but you know not, nothing really came to mind at that point. So I just kind of let it go, and then I think a few minutes later you come back and go, "Hey, that's Michael Shane Bloom." <laughs> I came back and came up and joined them, and I was thinking, okay, I walked past them instead of approaching them immediately because as I'm hiking, I'm coming up climbing basically on all fours to get up to the top i didn't want to approach them immediately as they were just five feet from me i walked past them went to kirk and drew and then i walked over i didn't even talk to kirk yet i had no idea he already approached him and i went to ask him hey are you guys local do you guys know this area pretty well he's like i know it pretty well my friend was just here recently and i look at him and go huh you're michael you're michael shameblum (laughs) <laughs> and like he said in the podcast he had that sort of humble i don't know uh does that mean anything and i'm like yeah it absolutely means something i told him i'm Aaron king nice to meet you and i introduced myself to his friend which is serena and I, I came back to kirk and drew and it's like that's michael shameblum the guy with awesome milky way photography and kirk immediately is like oh yeah of course that's why i recognized him and mm, we were yeah. so stoked and kirk's saying did you, you know talk to him about the podcast yet I'm like, no, no, I was nervous. I'm too shy. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was afraid of making it the the reason I approached him was just to hit him up about stuff. I just wanted to talk to someone local and find out what they thought about the area. Mm-hmm. I had no idea it was going to end up being Michael Shameblum. Yeah, and in the, mean, in the meantime, I was down on the other side of those rocks on the right-hand side of everything, away from all the action, and <laughs> I was just playing with my 70-300, because we had rented 70-300s, yeah. and um, and so I was just like, I gotta start using this lens, because I don't want 
you know, this is the first day. You don't want to do what I did. I didn't use it for the Redwoods really. So I'm just like, I got to pull it out and start using it for this. So, um, it's funny that you say that you're far away from the action because Michael's like, Hey, is that your friend down there? I'm like, Oh yeah, that's my friend, Brendan. And he goes, he might not be safe down there. You should probably let him know. <laughs> you should probably let him know that there could be a rogue wave. I've lost a camera around this area before. And he was worried that maybe you were getting mm, too close. Okay. So I was <laughs> playing around with that. And then you, you, you go down at me at that point, like, Hey, you should probably get out of there soon. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Cause we, the, you know, the tide was slowly coming back up, but I could see every minute that the waves are coming just a little bit closer each time. So like, yeah, right. yeah, I can see that happening. So I crawled back up that rock and, uh, then just like, Hey, Michael Shamebloom's over there. <laughs> I'm like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know him by that point. You haven't met him no. much. <laughs> no. And then, and then I looked him up afterwards. I was like, Oh man, he does some awesome work. <laughs> that is amazing. So yeah, I was totally interview that guy. Um, so that was, that was cool. It was really cool. And we had no idea what we had in meeting Serena until we were eating dinner. Mm-hmm. And they, well, we'll tell that story in a second. But first, with the photography, uh, up in that area, Kirk and I think Drew walked over out on the edge. He went up back into the trees a little bit and then walked way over. What was that yeah. spot? What was the view up there? That was just off of the top of a sheer cliff. And, oh. and it, I mean, it was it was beautiful. And I, I, I got some of the shots that I liked the best. Um, some of them that I, I, one of them in particular that I really liked off of that side. And it's interesting because that, that is where, um, with the video that came out the next day from, uh, Nick Page, Nick Page, he took a shot from the top of that cliff down at the little, uh, uh, so it was fun to, to, to realize that the very next day he had been there probably three days before or something and right. taking mm. a shot there. Now I wish I had seen his composition before I would have tried to copy it. <laughs> what would you I, have changed? I think his was a little bit better than mine. Were um, we talking he, that you included that you should have included or what vice versa? I think he was focused a little bit more on the little Island that was out there that had all the waves crashing against it. And I was focusing, I was focusing a little bit more on the beach. Oh, and, I see. And the cliff sides. And he he noticed some cool things about that island. I thought that was cool. But I left my cool spot <laughs> to go up where Kurt was talking to Michael and Serena. Mm-hmm. And then Michael and Serena went back to my cool spot. And I was like, <laughs> dang it, that's the cool spot. And I lost that because they're there. And so I was just sitting there stalking him, waiting for him to leave so I could go back. But by then... Then you guys all went down there, and now I've got people in my composition down there from my <laughs> yeah. cool spot. So it's sorry, like, you know, uh, that is what it is. But you know the thing about Secret Beach is if you've seen you know stuff from Sean Backshaw and other photographers, you see the sea stacks almost at eye level with the trees on there. And so yeah. I think the spot that you're talking about is where he captured his shot that taught me luminosity masking. And so that oh. shot right there is interesting, where you can see multiple sea stacks, the trees on top of them, and you can kind of get in the whole scene. That was the one drawback of going down on the beach is that you cut out at least two or three, no matter what composition you chose. Right, exactly. Mm. And 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 I did try to erase the little guys that were down on the beach, <laughs> clone them out, but, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you can't clone me out. I know, it's- <laughs> giant mess. Offensive. Don't clone me out. <laughs> Don't clone me out, bro. <laughs> Let's make that t-shirt. 
Don't clone me out, bro. Photog Adventures. You might see that on our store soon, guys. Copyright Photog Adventures. None of you guys can make that before we get to yeah, it. Dibs. <laughs> so when we went down there and started looking at different compositions, I went all the way to the end that I didn't do last time because I started making myself nervous that the tide was coming in. Maybe this is a stupid place to be. No one else is down here. Maybe I shouldn't be down here either. So I didn't go all the way down there. And I went down there and I thought, hmm, that doesn't show much. So I pulled up the camera and I'm going to tell you guys on YouTube, oh, so out here this shot, this, ah, wah, this big old wave comes through and completely soaks my ankles. And I'm like, ah, crap. Mm. Definitely not setting up right here. What looked like a dry area is now already ankle deep water. So I'm like, okay, Definitely not setting up right there. Finished talking to the camera, talking about the scene, and uh, I just I couldn't get enough of the sea stacks down there. So I'm walking. I'm already on a high that I met Michael Shanblum, one of my heroes <laughs> of Milky Way photography. I'm stoked that not only that, but by this point, Kirk has already brought up our podcast to him, and I've gotten him to commit to get on it with us. And I'm thinking any minute now, he's going to be like, hey guys, we're heading out, see you later, and never talk to him again. And so I'm sort of mixing between going and talking to him and Brendan now, and I'm not setting up my camera. And I, the yellow bloom of light started happening on the clouds mm-hmm. and I'm like oh, Aaron just get going you're here in Oregon take a freaking picture and so I set my tripod up finally put it on time lapse and then I went back to geeking out over everyone that's there and mm. enjoying what everyone's doing so I went back to Brendan at that point and you were composing a shot out there by Michael at this little cool stream and I ha- I think Kirk was out there too right did you go to that stream that was kind of going into the ocean yeah I did I'd I'm a sucker for uh, little streams with cascades in them, so I was trying to take some mm. shots of the uh, little stream. And I, I, looking back on it, I mean they're you know okay pictures, but they were I probably should have okay. gone. Uh, yeah, I should have gone and uh, scouted out a better spot for uh, sunset. I think. That's interesting uh, you say that because I was feeling jealous that you guys all got that shot because it had far more interest happening than anything else that I had found. And so I thought, oh, you guys got that cool spot. But you didn't like it entirely. You wish you could have gone somewhere else and gotten what? Uh, maybe just a better alignment with the sea uh, stacks. Mm. Maybe maybe gone a little further south down the beach to get like maybe a couple of stacks next to each other because uh, I ended up uh, just pretty much picking one stack and I, I started out shooting horizontal so I had one of the big stacks with trees on it and like another stack off to the side and then I decided the stack off to the side was a little uh, you know encroaching on the edge of the frame so I switched to a vertical uh, format and uh, moved a little further down the beach to where there were some uh, rocks and pebbles showing up in the sand oh, and cool. uh by the time the sunset was coming in, I had stuck the uh, 10ND uh, filter on, so I was shooting 30-second exposures, and the water was coming up and, uh, you know, getting up to my ankles, and and uh, I just had sandals on, so, you know, it was nice, warm uh, <laughs> Oregon beach water. I think it was the exact same temperature in November as it was when we were out in Bandon in June. In June. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess fifth, that's the... Fifth, bonus is that it's always the same <laughs> yeah it's it's like 53 degrees no matter what time of year you're at <laughs> wow it's, it's just crazy so it's great but, for uh, winter it sucks for summer mm-hmm. exactly yeah so <laughs> so um your shot out there when you moved and you got the rocks and pebbles did you have some light still in your shot uh it was pretty much after sunset by that point so it was all blue hour stuff and uh i mean the pictures look 
pretty monochrome. I mean, it's very blue, uh, a little purpley maybe. And uh, I was shooting with the the A7R and a uh, I think a 24 millimeter Rokinon at that point. Oh, really? But, shooting uh, with the 24 millimeter Rokinon for it? Yeah. So I was I was stopping down to like f16 to get as much depth of field as I could because the you know, the foreground was maybe two feet away and, mm. you know, the sea yep. stacks off at near infinity. And uh, so, yeah, I was I was happy with the pictures. The, I think the clouds could have been a little better uh, layered, but uh, so there's a couple where they look pretty nice. Yeah, they're, in the time lapse that I have, it shows that it gets really golden, but they never get any color. The yellow right. color was the peak color of the night. Mm-hmm. So, Brendan, you were in that spot, too, up there by Michael. Uh, were you getting an awesome shot? Because I know that with your guys' tripods and your positions, maybe that's what co- took away what would have been really interesting for Drew, or sorry, for Kirk, and that's why I didn't go try because it seemed already crowded. Yeah, and I was up there with my 70-300 on, and I didn't have any other to switch to. And I You found, didn't bring down a wide-angle lens? I don't think I did. Oh, and so I found myself ouch. really constricted with what I could do with that. And so at one point in time, I just stuck it aside, packed it in, and just, like, got my phone out. I was just like, I'm just going to do some stuff with my phone now. Pack so it I just, in. You know I, I'm working nights. Yeah. So I uh, <laughs> I decided to take my phone and use that for a couple shots that were close to that little grass um, area that was there by this, this, like, a miniature lake and a miniature field and this miniature waterfall right leading into the beach. And I was just, like, got some really <laughs> small – little macro landscape shots. I'm just like, I'm going to start doing macro landscape. And so um, the sun was partially set behind one of the stacks and you could see some of the light glowing off of it. I thought that looked really cool. So I I got a few shots of that and um, I really couldn't have achieved that with my 70 to 300 on. So I went to my phone and my phone worked as a, at a, at a, as a great wide angle lens. So, and it's been awesome sharing on Instagram because it looked awesome on there. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. So, Drew, you went out to the spot that I went and got my ankles flooded. Uh, did you end up getting a shot out there past that rock where you went in on the rock wall until it couldn't go any further? Yeah, I got some great compositions uh, out there. Really, really did. Really good compositions. But I'll tell you what. Again, this is one of those things where I, I, I was using – I mean, literally, that 16 to 35 is one of my favorite – I mean, it is just a such a good landscape – lens you know that that range is is perfect for that and but but one of the problems that I was having is that I think I was thrown on my uh, you know I mean I don't have a lot of experience with with waves and and with oceans and and wave photography right. and and so that was kind of new to me and so I'm throwing on a variable ND that I don't have all that much experience with and I wasn't really happy with that, with with what I I came away with from from this. Um, in what in do you the, think? I mean, can I ask you? Sure. When you say you didn't come out with what you're hoping as you're doing wave photography, what do you think? You just didn't have the right setting of shutter. Well, well, let me let me tell you. I mean, a couple of things is 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 for one with my Sony and. and the, see, I'm going to have to get past this because the new Sony <laughs> A7R3 doesn't have um, the the apps in it that the uh, that the A7R2 did, and I would use um, a, an application that 
and, and it's probably the one that I use more than anything, but you could use that instead of an ND filter and it would take multiple exposures, then it blended them and it would smooth it out. So it's called really? smooth water. And so it would Ooh. do what an ND filter does just in body. And it was, it was awesome. And so I, because of that, I don't have that much experience with ND filters. And, and so I'm learning there and with the really wide angle lens and I've got a nice, um, Singray 82 millimeter, uh, 10 stop variable ND, but I was getting some weird banding in my pictures because oh, no. the wide angle lens and, and the banding, I should have remembered that I had that problem before when I went fully wide with it, I, I get some weird banding from the ND filter. And, Yikes. and so I, a lot of that, that trip, that experience down on secret beach was just kind of blown for me as it got darker, I took it off. And then I got I got a few things towards the end that were good, and I got I switched to my seventy to two hundred, and I took some really cool ones where I had silhouettes of the birds and the trees up along the edges of the rocks with the sunset coming over like behind the trees and stuff there. That's that, awesome. That are are gorgeous, and and I really like those. But um, that was a problem for me, and I think the other thing that that made it so I didn't really notice it is that, I, again, I'm used to an electronic viewfinder, and I don't have an electronic viewfinder down there. And so I, I can't see that I'm getting banding because I'm looking through, and I'm not, I'm not normally I'm, I, I look at it, and I see what I'm going to get from the electronic viewfinder. The other thing that is super nice about the electronic viewfinder is, is you've got a live histogram right on your in your viewfinder mm. so you know if you're going to blow anything out or i mean it, it's, it's not a great. take a it's shot easy. and look back at it situation no it's no chimping mm. yeah, it, yeah, it's amazing that, yeah again one of those things that's that's just different for when you have you know you're really used to one thing and, and i mean it was a good learning experience for me and and uh a, a great experience it was just beautiful anyhow that the, the the whole idea, but I, I'd I was really sad when we get down there. Michael's like, Oh my gosh, I've been here four times and I've never had a sunset like this. I'm like, <laughs> oh. uh, you know, later as I'm looking at my pictures, really, and I'm going, Oh crap. I, I blew the perfect sunset on secret beach day with, <laughs> with inexperience and, and a, a lack of knowing what I was doing with my equipment. So that was a little frustrating, um, I can imagine. I mean, that's a perfect way to go for us to transition into talking about what went well and what didn't go well. And I think we've all kind of mentioned something that has gone well and has doesn't hasn't gone well. Uh, I'll start, and then you guys think about what your quick well what went well, what didn't go well in the area of Secret Beach for me. And we mentioned it that it's just trying to capture that scene, the scenery of all the sea stacks. I wanted specific looking shots where I saw multiple sea stacks, and it needed to hide angle but then when I was there on location I felt like I wanted to be down in them more than I wanted to be up on that hill that we started and I think what happened is is that I'm picturing a couple specific angles and other than the Sean Bagshot angle that I found I really wanted to get something similar to what Nick got where you could see the horizon line of the ocean and the sun setting on it and seeing the sea stacks being backlit and that was only possible on that very early trail that we decided to go right on and go down to the beach. Yeah. If we went left, it loops you over 
to that side where it's this crazy little steep cliff that Brendan and I went out on and slid a little bit and made me nervous. And it looked really cool from there. You could see that one C stack straight ahead. It's almost parallel to you where you can see it flat looking right at us and all the trees on it. And it just turned out really strong, really, really, really strong. And I liked the idea of that. And I didn't have a chance to get it where we went down on the beach. And so I was mostly just happy that I caught the color, but I felt the same way that Michael said that was one of the best sunsets he's had there. And I feel like I squandered that opportunity as well. And so we're looking at one of Drew's shots right now and it shows the secret beach and you're capturing more of the, you know, the sea stacks. We're over there on the left around that one. And so you came back over here and captured a wave rushing away from you and you got a really nice panorama look. I mean, are you not happy with that? It is very blue and purple. This is later. So this it's is just... later in the like when I was over on on the further south um, part of Secret Beach. There, when I was a little further south there, that's when I had the ND filter and I was screwing around with I it. See. And then I took it off and I came over here and I was fine. That is a is a is a panel that's three shots actually. Mm. So three, you, yeah. three layers horizontal, or yeah. just one, two, three going right to left. One, two, three okay. this way. I it may be uh, HDR too. Um, it's looking really cool. I don't know. It, but um, what I I was going back in here on my Facebook page is when I'm looking at all these <laughs> because I I got a I did take a picture that I posted maybe I posted on Instagram of of the top of, the, you know, just a shot with my iPhone as I was hiking out of there faster than you guys. Um, <laughs> and, and, and maybe uh, it's probably on the other one, but, uh, it, yeah, it would be, I mean, it's gotta be a def a, a separate evening where, where you, you do one from the top of the cliff versus at the bottom. Mm. Cause there's no way you're going to be able to hike from the bottom no. and then get up to the top and take pictures off the top of the cliff in the same experience. Maybe you do, do a morning in one spot in the evening down in the other spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I wish I could have done with yeah. the shot that you have right there. You found this great composition that are you saying you wished this was the time of sunset that you were out there with yeah. that composition? Yeah. Right. Uh, and yeah. instead, I was over on the other side, um, it, it, a little further uh, down the beach, and and I was ruining that experience with my stupid ND problem. <laughs> I felt the same mm. way about scouting. It was just we were scouting that night, but we weren't scouting for a future trip that was that next day or that week. It was our only chance there, and that was a real bummer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's beautiful. I would say if you guys get an opportunity to go and visit the Oregon coast, don't miss Secret Beach. Oh, it yeah. is a secret, but it, it, I mean, we need to secrets out. We need to talk about. <laughs> you, you know, the other thing we need to do is we need to talk about gear time because I I got to get after you guys and tell you about the the piece of gear that would save, especially Brendan, one lens three hundred millimeter Brendan on that on that one. But you got it. Let's mm. do it after this. Okay, but the other thing is is that that. Yeah, I mean, realize that's a pretty heavy hike down there. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not crazy or anything. It's not crazy long, but it was very steep. But it, it's it's pretty steep. I mean, it, you know, I think I hiked it out of there in thirty minutes. Yeah, but, and your legs were killing. Yeah, afterwards. Yeah, too. And, yeah. And, and and I left a little early because I'm a fat guy, and I was worried that I, um, well, I feel like I'm a fat guy right now. I was worried that you guys are going to weigh out hike me because you're younger and, and more spry and I was going to be embarrassed. Dear old young Aaron King who's not 40 yet, Dean, but today right. Brendan is. He's 40 today. 
Welcome, happy birthday, welcome Brendan. Welcome to the 40, yeah. 40s. I'm there yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, happy birthday. I'm yeah. a young buck. I'm in my 30s. I'm the yeah. only one in this room that can say it. <laughs> Child. Four years from now, I'll hate that. <laughs> Child. Well, we'll talk a little bit about your fast hike because we want to bring that up later. Even Michael Shainblum was worried about you and your fast hike. Yeah, you know, I had my I had my watch and, and I had left my phone up in the in the car and so I was trying to text you guys with my new Apple watch that actually is a series three and it has like <laughs> has the brag. ability to do that but it was brand new to me and I wasn't very good at it so sorry about that it came out in gibberish too <laughs> we get to the point where it's totally dark and we're ready to start walking out of there and we realize we have a text from Drew that says something it's like hey boy what do you what do you want what are you saying? Is little Jimmy down at the well? I mean, we didn't know what the heck he was saying. It was like a dog had texted for Drew. And we didn't know if he was saying, hey, real quick, wait for me. I went off into the bushes over here. Don't leave me. I fell or, down in the canyon and I can't get out. Or if he was saying, I'm totally fine. I'm up at the can- up, up at the top making hot chocolate for you guys. So get up here as soon as you can. We had no clue. And we were just hoping we guessed right that if we kept going up the hill that we would see you again. And so the entire hike... I'm thinking about Drew. I'm like, oh, man, I got to get up there. So I'm kind of hiking behind Serena and Michael the whole way and ditching Brendan and Kirk because I have this adrenaline rush of I got to get there, see if he's safe. And if he's not, we got to come all the way back down here and get ready to do that. Get ready to hike all the way back down and find didn't, the dude. Before didn't gets- bring your mountain rescue gear or anything. <laughs> or, oh, what am I going to do? And if you guys have never been there, you know what I'm talking about. It's precarious. There's a lot of little cliff edges, a lot of little weird. Yeah. It looks like solid ground, but it's really soft and anything underneath you will slip out from underneath you and you can go for a while and then be buried in it. And if he wasn't you know, responsive and yelling at us, he could be buried in all these ferns and dead leaves, and we would never see him. Knocked out. Okay, somewhere. I just was looking for the text. I'm like, I, I looked under his name. I'm like, I don't see it. Where'd it go? And then I found a group text with you and yeah. him, and then I was like, okay, this is it. So he said, are you guys by chance have a Knauf, the other trail? Question mark. I'm like, and it's capital K-N-O-U-F-F. And I'm like, is this a city in Germany? Like, what is he talking about? Uh, what, what I had <laughs> thought is I was I, I waited so long up on top of the cliff because I went back up on top of here. Yeah. Because I was I wanted to see if I could get another angle on this and still get a little sunset. So I had gone back up to that spot where we first met Michael and Serena. And, and I was up there and I was waiting for you guys for a long time. And you guys were not in sight. <laughs> and because you were so, I think you guys are all having a chat down by where the behind other, the rock down by the yeah. other on the beach. And yeah. so I was kind of, I was going, geez, I wonder if there's another way to get off the beach. Oh, you're asking and, if uh, the other way. Other and so time. I was like, crap, I wonder if I got left behind because I thought, well, geez, maybe they hiked up the other, other way side. off oh. the other end of the beach. And so that's why what I was trying to voice text from my watch, <laughs> James Bond, what like, and say, did you? Go up another trail to get out of here. Are you at the car already waiting for me? I, you know, so that's why I hustled back. I mean, you never really texted it. anything else again, though. It was no, like he mystery was the text. Very, the, the very next minute, else. the very next minute, he said, "Work all that well, comma other sale." And I'm like, <laughs> "That's I'm like park. that makes things even worse." I have no <laughs> idea what he's talking work, about. Comma park something something under sale. Yep. Work all that well, comma other sale. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh boy. come on. Um, 
I said, I'm not sure what you mean, but we are almost ready to head out. <laughs> Where are you? Where? Halfway to the car. <laughs> and silence now. No more communication. Hiking my guts out, hoping that you're not all waiting <laughs> for me up here. And 15 minutes later, he finally texted back saying, I'm at the car. I was like, okay. It, it's because I got there at that point. I'd, 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 I'd hiked out. So <laughs> so we haven't gotten to Drew's. And, oh, sorry, we haven't gotten to Kirk's. Man, I'm going to have a hard time saying you guys and not giving yeah. each other each other's name. Um, we haven't gotten to Kirk's yet and Brendan's. How it went? Did it go? well what could have gone better so who's ready first Kirk are you ready we haven't heard from you in a sec sure I can do it awesome so what went really well for you first well I thought uh, I pulled out the uh, the ND filter the 10 stop ND filter after the sunset and I was just trying to blur out the waves and just try to give it a more ethereal look and uh one thing I noticed was I liked the pictures a lot better when the wave had receded, and so I had some texture in the sand there with a few little rocks that were just sticking out of the uh, out of the sand, and so where I got the sand like nice and sharp, but then the ocean off in the distance between uh, you know the rocks and the 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 sea stacks and the the beach, it's just this ethereal uh, blur of you know white and light grays and it makes a nice uh, texture between the uh, you know the highly textured sand and then the rock that just has all these uh, patterns on it and uh, comparing that to when the waves were coming in I thought the the shots with it coming in weren't as interesting just because it kind of blurred out all that texture oh I see so so I, I with the with the texture of the sand there and the waves coming in, I think that doesn't work as well with the ND filter as it did with the waves out and the texture just being more more present. You know, the when the wave was in, it just kind of you know put a little gossamer sheen over the entire bottom half of the frame, and it looks like maybe it's like submerged underwater, which you know essentially it was as the waves moving in and out. But I don't like the look of it near as much as I did with the uh, the more textured detail when the wave was receded. And uh, the 10 ND filter was probably too much because we were about 30 minutes after sunset then. And so it's getting dark. I had bumped the camera up to 200 ISO and I was shooting 30 second exposures. And you pretty much couldn't have 30 seconds worth of time when there wasn't a wave coming in or going out. You needed so a maybe three a, or a six. Yeah, yeah maybe a six a 6ND filter would have been better for that kind of application. But uh, but I'm still happy with what I got. I, you know, I was I think it was a successful uh, shot. But, but you know, you're, Aaron, you're talking about, you know, taking pictures at one point and wanting to be at another spot uh-huh. and then not having time to get between them. I think Secret Beach... Even though it's what maybe a quarter mile long or so, mm. um, I think there's enough stuff there that you could come back for like a week of sunsets and a week of sunrises, oh, right. and still not be still not have shot the whole place out, <laughs> and still right. feel the same way I felt after one night. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With those with those haystack rocks and stuff out there, there were so many angles, and not only not only. The other thing is, is that you had such an an ability to get vertical on there, so you could you could shoot from up above or down below. We were talking about how how um, one of the spots that I would have loved to have caught 
is up off the top of the cliffs that were right above where we were shooting from most of the time. But there's no way that you could catch that and and be shooting off the beach during the same evening because um, it's you know I mean you're you're probably you know half an hour or so of heavy hiking in between the two spots and by then the light changes you know right mm. I am willing to try it out though Kirk you want to meet me out there sure anytime <laughs> so then out there what went I you kind of got through some of the challenging stuff is there anything else that was a big challenge for you other than the fact that making sure you timed the waves well and using your ND filters right um just having the rocks being backlit I think uh kind of adds a challenge because you've got this bright sunset off in the distance and then you've got these dark uh you know they're basalt rocks so they're a dark gray to start with and and uh it's just a lot of contrast there to work with but uh um since the sun had already set it wasn't there weren't any real hot spots on the clouds at that point so that worked out okay i think that's a very good thing to bring up is that just the challenge of shooting into the sunset off of a west coast beach where your entire foreground could be in the shadow, the mm-hmm. shadow of the light hitting these rocks and everything is just, you don't have any of that cool light. You have to be perpendicular to your subject to try and get something like that. And I I completely mm-hmm. agree. I felt like that was my problem as I was shooting a one subject that was entirely in shadow. And when you went up to your guys' side view that you went up on the grassy hills above, did you get some more perpendicular angles and you saw surfaces getting hit with light? Did it work out better up there? Um, you know, I, I think I like the stuff down at the beach better. Okay, so you like the beach area better than the top view. So even yeah. even with the challenge of being backlit, it just required some better dynamic range. And Drew was talking about his camera being stuck with not having as much dynamic range. So I think we all felt that challenge. That's awesome. It wasn't yeah. awesome. It was I, I don't. I don't think I actually took any after sunset back from up on the uh, the ridge above the uh, the beach because uh, by the time you guys got up there, um, I had gotten the camera out and was getting it set up, and then. Everyone's going, where's Drew? And we're like looking around and <laughs> like, trying to uh-oh. figure out where Drew's at. And I thought, okay, well, let's, we better get out of here because it's getting <laughs> dark. And, and, and it turned out there were two trails into there because Michael and Serena parked yep. near the bridge a little bit north, like what, a half a mile north of us? Yeah. yeah and we were, we were at a pullout called uh, Thunder Cove, which uh, is, I think, is like the, the, from the guidebooks I had, that was like the the normal place that you would hike down to the beach. Mm. Exactly, yeah. It made me wonder if their area was easier or crazy, crazy hard. I think think it was a little steeper to where they are um, because that's not the official official trail. I don't think it was undoable, but I think we hiked a, a long ways along the top edge of that Mm. down to down to where i see i think they end up joining the trail a little uh, you know down down as as we hike Uh. out along the side of the canyon i think they come in on on you know up to the top of that canyon a little bit more where we cross the top of the canyon below the road and then hike along the road a long ways and i think they avoided that 
When the whole way up too, Michael and Serena are like, "Do you remember this part? I don't remember this part of the trail." Yeah. We're like, "Well, there weren't any other options, but we also never saw your car, so we don't know where you guys were and if you're in the right spot." So we had Drew to worry about and wondering, "Okay, are we taking Michael Shamblum and Serena?" Serena Ho up in the path that's completely away from their vehicle, but we committed to no matter what, we'll drive you guys down <laughs> to your car because, yeah. hey, more time with Michael Shamblin and Serena Ho sounds awesome to me. We'll give them a ride. And then, Brendan, what was your things that went well and things that could have gone better for you? Um, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I kind of packed in my camera because I felt like I wasn't, I didn't have a whole lot of options down where I was on the beach. So, um, Where'd you end up leaving your lens? Just up on the ledge? Yeah, my camera and lens were just right there, like hanging out um, up on the rocks to the right. And I was kind of focusing with my little iPhone more to the left, facing the sun, but it was being blocked by one of the C stacks. And so I uh, just, you know, the C stack was being backlit and the sun was coming off. And I could have zoomed in and got something cool, but. I just felt also like the same day this I was tired from the from all the action for that from the trip from getting there getting up early and just being exhausted I felt like I also kind of wasted the opportunity especially after Michael had said that it was the best sunset he ever had there and I'm thinking oh I I think I felt the same way (laughs) I was like I I was just sitting there doing almost nothing with my camera and he was just like oh this is a perfect day and I'm like oh um (laughs) It was nice, but uh, I didn't really get anything good, I don't think. <laughs> what, 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 what was, um, I really liked the picture I got on my phone. I thought that was awesome. I thought um, getting down into an, a unique area and taking advantage of that little miniature landscape in front of me was really cool, and that was fun. And I think, to me, that was just felt natural to go to that because it was my best option at that time. And uh, just wishing I had a wide-angle lens was what well. didn't go well. I should have brought um, something else to go with, but I was excited to use the 7300 as the first day getting that out because I used my wide angle down in the um, trees. And so later that day, I thought, okay, I'm going to put the 7300 on there and use that and focus on using that for this part of the experience. And um, So that's what I was asking you. I wish I had something to switch back to. Well, why didn't you? I'm trying. I'm kind of confused. You just never brought it out of the car? You didn't bring your wide-angle lens out of the car? Or you left it in your bag somewhere nearby that you didn't want to walk to? I'm having a hard time recalling. I I think I must have left it in the car. For some reason, you felt like that was just out of reach, and so you couldn't go swap. All right. Well, Secret Beach was amazing. Like Kirk said, we could spend an entire week there and still not be, you know, done with the area. We have so many compositions that Mm -hmm. we can get, and I can't wait to put Kirk and I to the test of finding all of them. Brennan, of course, will be there. I'm sure Drew will want to come along with us because it was an awesome trip. We loved the area. Let's go ahead and take our last break of the podcast. We'll come back and do a quick gear time with Drew about his <laughs> mystery item that he knows that we need. <laughs> I do. Hey guys, welcome to the last section of the podcast. We're going to talk about gear time and just end it there because it's been kind of a long podcast and we're grateful for you guys listening. Uh, Drew and I are going to kick this one off and he mentioned something earlier in this episode about a piece of gear and I have a inkling of what it could be so drew go ahead and tell me what yeah, it is. yeah you, you saw me using it I a did. little bit and um i i'm a real fan of peak design stuff okay and i've got a lot of it um but the capture clip i love i love to carry my camera on it i've got the new one right here that they they just um delivered these this is the version three 
mm. that came from the, a, a recent Kickstarter. They, they've introduced a lot of their stuff with Kickstarter. But it's not the clip. I mean, the clip's fantastic. Their gear's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's so well built. But, man, when, when we're – for me, I don't want to carry a full blo- – I mean, I already have my – tripod and everything right if i'm if i'm going on a hike that's within an hour say or of you know it's it's not so far that i'm gonna spend all day there and stuff but i i want a couple of different lenses Mm -hmm. they have a a little device and actually i know that there's another kickstarter one that would carry three that's not from capture but this works with the capture clips and and uh you so you get this little capture pad thing that you slip your belt through mm-hmm. and you can carry um i i literally will carry two of them oftentimes because i i don't like the camera straps i, I just don't like any camera straps i i also my back hurts if i carry a, a backpack and stuff okay. like that uh. i hate that and so i i will take and i can put um two lenses on this little lens carrier that you have that actually um, will hold one lens up and one lens down. You can actually pull it away from your body and twist it. You could carry them mm. horizontally. I usually like to carry them one up and one down. I think that's there's less um, stress on the lens mount if I carry one of them pointed up and one hanging directly. Okay, so it's a device that has a mount on two sides. On two sides, and you can mount two lenses. Two lenses facing and, each other. Yep, for the and, back. Yep. Okay. And cool. so one of them is is facing. I usually carry it with one of them facing directly up on the side of me. Okay. And one and like usually the bigger one, like a seventy to two hundred, mm. hanging down off of it the other direction, and then I'll put my camera on a capture clip on the other side on my oh, other hip. Okay. And and that way you're carrying all that weight right on your on your waist, mm-hmm. and I don't have any of that pressure on my shoulders or my back. I mean, I'm already carrying. You know, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just carry my, uh, you know, my tripod, and I've got a good, really right stuff tripod, mm-hmm. and and so I just clip that, um, you know, my camera into its L plate, and I'll carry my camera on my tripod. I don't right. worry about it. Right. Um. It. it you know. It really right stuff you don't have to worry about i've never had a problem with a clamp coming loose or anything like that so a lot of times i'll just throw that over my shoulder mm-hmm. and that's enough there and then carry a couple lenses on on you know now i've got three lenses i've got the one that's on my camera right and i've got the two that are on my waist and they're it's easy for you to switch because you you pop one off grab the lens off the camera click it back onto the onto the carrier that that's their little capture carrier mm-hmm. uh, lens carrier and they have um i just bought because i've i've had canon i've got one for canon i just bought one for sony now okay for e-mount so i know that they have the nikon um what is it f mount or f uh, yeah whatever uh, yeah. it is and then they've got the ef mount and then they've got the sony e-mount and nice and, uh, Man, that thing, when you're hiking a ways, but even when you're shooting a little bit, like if you're shooting a wedding or something, those are, uh, th- that's been really invaluable for me. I don't, I don't Time want, saver. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. want to mess with a bag a, a lot of times when I'm, I'm hiking. The other thing I don't, you know, I mean, I sweat a lot. I don't want, you know, you, you're wearing your bag and your back's getting all sweaty mm-hmm. and hot and mm-hmm. stuff. It just works better. It's easier for me, and uh, I, it's a great solution. See, if you cool. had that, you could have your wide angle or mm-hmm. long lens on that thing, and I, I mean, it, it's a, it's a great mm. way to go. 
That's cool. Now you got me thinking about that. So I'm going to have to look into that. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that, guys. We're going to share those um, show, in the show notes. We're going to show you share a link to Peak Design and maybe even an Amazon link if you guys are interested in buying it for your camera. So you guys can go ahead and purchase that and give us a little support. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And, we'll just uh, go ahead and skip those. a tip of the week this yeah. week because we yeah. had tons of tips at different situations, so we filled mm-hmm. it up with tips. And I'm excited to go ahead and close out this episode of the Oregon Podcast. It's but we have great two trip. other podcasts. We just talked about two mm-hmm. places, and we have Bandon Shore Acres and his seat ahead in the next podcast. And then we're going to talk about in the third podcast, Thor's Well, Cape Kawanda, and Cannon Beach. So, so many cool places. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. And for some of those, Brendan still has his pictures. I do. Nice. <laughs> so when we come back, we'll talk when we come back in the next podcast, we'll talk about the rest of our hangout with Michael Shamblum and Serena. Serena Ho. We had a great time interviewing them. You guys have already heard their podcast. Uh Kirk Kai's, thank you so much for joining us. You can see Kirk's work over at Kai'sphoto.com. And you can also see Drew's photography and his drone photography on his Facebook page. Your Facebook page is not a page. It's your I, own I've got Facebook. a website. What's your website? I don't know it. DrewArmstrong.com. DrewArmstrong.com. No one oh. else had DrewArmstrong.com. I'm old, man. You've <laughs> <laughs> heard that, that a thing while for a long time. You know, I don't think it's a age required. I don't think they look at your age and oh, go, Oh, dude, you know when, I, when I registered that thing, how old were you? You were like like – like According 18? to Dean Vincent, I was 40. <laughs> or something. You know, I yeah. mean, I, well, I registered that like, I love you, in 1997. So 97? Wow. So that was my yeah. first time my like friend's mom said, what are you guys writing this code for? Because we had an HTTP colon forward slash forward slash full out web, website address written yep. on a piece of paper. Yep. And she saw that in 97. It's like, is that secret code for something? <laughs> so, you, Our, so basically when you bought that domain, you paid like $2,000 for it at the time? It was, it, was like expensive. A- <laughs> it, it was expensive to hold. Yeah. It, every year you'd, you'd pay about, I mean, really, it was about $70 a year. The domains were so yeah. much back then. It's just like, yeah. it's so ridiculous how much yeah. they used to cost. If only I could go back and get AaronKing.com. Now, guys, don't go there. I don't know what's on that site. I don't think there's anything. Every time I wanted it, someone's already had it. But if some creep has put some crazy, disgusting imagery on that site, I'm sorry you went there to see it. (laughs) I wish I had it. But you can follow Drew's photography, a lot of cool drone photography at DrewArmstrong.com. Kai's photo for Kurt Kai's. Thank you guys for joining us in this podcast. We'll end it up, and we'll see you guys in the next episode for Band and Short Acres and Hasita Head. See you guys. See ya. See ya. See ya.